one ever sees me, sees me, I'm losing every battle. Can somebody save me, save me, I'm losing every battle. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Krista Fee and the Battle to Be podcast. And I'm super excited to be here with you guys today after a crazy, crazy day. In case you can't see, I am completely lobsterified. We spent the day out at Camp Hope, which is a long-term recovery center for veterans who are suffering from PTSD. And we got to barbecue with the guys out there and just spend some fun time talking about Jeeps and the things that they like to do in their free time and their experiences and everything that they're going through. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal day. If you don't know about uh, Camp Hope and you happen to be in the Texas area, please do look them up. They are amazing and they can always use some support, some resources. Their pantries always need coffee. I'm told those boys love their coffee, so they're always taking donations. Check them out. Don't forget about them. And tonight, we have an amazing, amazing guest, and she is the first of a string, actually, of people using art as a form of healing. So I want you all to give a really warm welcome to Emily Jo Lyon, and she's going to tell us the same way that we always do. She's going to tell us a little bit about who she is as a person and what she loves to do and her family, and she's going to tell us what she's been through, and she's going to tell us the amazing things that she's doing to turn her trauma into hope and healing for others. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome Emily and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I, um, I'm from originally, I was born in Texas, been a little bit everywhere. So um, I moved from Texas when I was about two years old. We were in Iowa for about seven years. My dad was, um, a director of like teen boys there. So he had a troubled uh, teens home. He had helped young men um, kind of get back on their feet, get out from, you know, drugs and gangs or whatever they were doing. So we lived there for a while. Then my dad decided, you know, he was called to be a pastor. Um, so we went to Michigan for two years. Uh, then from there went to Indiana um, and was there for about 10 or 11 years or so. Went to college in Florida kind of just been all over the place, um, used to having to make friends and get out there and meet people. Um, but now we, we found out, uh, last, last, I think it was 2019 sometime, um, in July, my husband and I, we got married in July and after our honeymoon, we came back and found out that his mother had cancer. So, um, we, we kind of, made a big decision. You know, we were going to stay in Indiana for a while. 
and um, kind of get our savings and like get out, get on our feet. You know, being a young newlywed couple, it's never easy for anyone, right? There's a lot of adjustments and so on. But um, we moved within just a few months of finding that out. So we're in Texas now, um, and we love it. It's been uh, it's been really good to be with the family, and I think that we made a really good decision uh, to come up here. Um, yeah. Um, I'm very much into art. I have one piece right here that I'll probably discuss with you guys a little further um, later on in the interview, but um, art is how I, how I cope with change ever since I was a little kid. Um, and it's something that takes up most of my time. I do photography, which I really enjoy. And that's also something, you know, just finding beauty in small things, you know, it's just fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to, to really tell you about myself, but there you go. <laughs> Perfect. And I didn't tell you guys, Emily's one of the few guests, because I have guests from all over the world, that happens to be in my neck of the woods. So <laughs> we had the privilege of getting to go and have coffee together and get to know each other a little bit. So I actually get to know her a little bit more intimately than most of my guests. And this girl is amazing and she's wonderful and you guys will love her. So tell us a little bit about, a little bit about your story, what you've been through and what your struggles have been. Okay. So I haven't actually um, spoken out about my past yet. This is something that I've kept on the down low for a while as I've tried to process things that have happened. And um, so this will be my first time speaking about my past and things that I've struggled with. So, uh, you know, just be patient with me as I, as I kind of share this because it is very, for me, a very difficult story and, and things to tell and to know that I'm sharing this and some people won't like it is, is a lot of pressure. So, but I, I want to share this because I feel like it's important. So I grew up um, in, in a very religious, religious home. And I will say that the majority of the things that I was taught and the things that I, I did in that religious home were good and were healthy. So I do want to put a disclaimer that not all Christians, not all of these certain, you know, Christian groups, they're not bad. There's a lot of really good people with a lot of really good intentions, but I just so happened to have a, uh, some people that were not good people and some things happened that were not okay. So growing up, um, you know, I was taught that uh, the men were the head of the home and that we were supposed to have um, hold our pastors in high respect, our staff members that were male in high respect. And, uh, but I feel like it was a little more than that. It was a little more on the verge of like, just kind of strange because um, we had this pastor, we, we had a, a mega church in Indiana and I'm not going to go into specifics. I don't think that's important, but this mega church, the pastor there was, it was like he was worshiped um, just anywhere. Anything he did had huge conferences. People would come from literally around the world to see him uh, preach. And um when I was a junior in high school, we found out that he had raped a friend in my class um, and had taken her over 
uh, state lines and was uh, extremely shocking considering that, you know, you think that church is a safe place. You think that all the people there have good intentions. And this began to kind of like shake my entire worldview of what I was in and what was going on because it felt so wrong. And the fact that many of the church members were blaming the girl, um, which was sickening to me knowing who she was and that she was in my class and just uh, mind blowing because the men, pastors always write and no one wanted to, you know, come to face the fact that he was a predator, you know? Uh, so that was, that was a lot. Um, because it's not just like, oh, this is a pastor. This is like, this is someone you believe in, you trust full heartedly. Um, the amount of church services that I went to and listened to this guy preach and believing every word he said and worshiping this dude, like he thinking he was like the best thing that ever happened to mankind. So this, this isn't just like, oh yeah, this guy did whatever. This was like someone that, you know, held very, very dear to me and to the church. So it was kind of shocking. And that kind of started making me question things, um, specifically the way that women were treated in this circle. Um, we were meant to, which my parents will say that this isn't something that they taught. And it was, my parents were very balanced, good people. And I love them dearly. But sometimes they just weren't around to know what I was being taught. You know what I'm saying? So what I was taught was that women were meant to have and take care of a family. They were meant to maybe be a pianist in the church, um, a Sunday school teacher, a choir leader. Um, but they were not allowed to preach. They were not allowed to lead unless it was leading other women or children, which was hard for me because I'm a really strong person. And I'm very, I, I, I had people in my class that would talk to me about things that were going on at home or things they were struggling with and looked up to me in that in, in certain regards. And so to be a young lady and to be told that I can't lead anything or that I'm not supposed to be a strong personality just didn't meld well with, with who I am. Um, so I, f I feel like growing up now and seeing the way that women were treated in that circle was not okay. And finding that I have a very low, uh, low self self-worth for a very long time and not realizing where it was coming from. So that was, that's kind of a one fairly large piece um, that is, that has been a struggle for me. And then uh, having so much going on with what I was taught, um, having two different ideals in your brain at the same time, uh, it's very difficult, right? So I'm being told one thing, but I believe and I am another and having to push down who I am to fit into a mold I don't fit into for years and years and years and coming out of that and realizing that I don't even know who I am because I bent who I was to fit the mold that everyone expected me to be. So as a teenager, as a young person, I thought I knew who I was and I enjoyed what I was doing and I was a very happy young lady. And, and then this big event happened in my life and I started questioning everything. 
And then it turned into, okay, so if I don't believe these things anymore, who am I? Because this is all I knew to be, which then leaves you in a very scary place because who are you? What are your standards? What are your beliefs? What are your core values? And that kind of takes you into a very dark place because you don't know. So um, I've struggled very heavily with, with uh, anxiety and depression. Um, my therapist has diagnosed me with an anxiety disorder, PTSD, and um, major depressive disorder. So, um, and, and at first, we talked about this a little bit, Krista, that I didn't want to believe that something like that was wrong with me. Because I knew something was wrong, but I didn't. I I didn't feel like I I deserved to have a title to it. Like I felt like it wasn't that big of a deal. So like, why are you know? Does that make sense? You know what I'm trying to say? I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. That like I'm like my suffering isn't big enough to justify a title. My suffering isn't like there are so many other people that have have it worse than I have it so you can't like I can't claim that that's not mine so yeah I mean there's a there's even a sense of worthiness in whether we get to claim our pain whether exactly. our, our suffering is legitimate enough mm -hmm. for that yep yeah. yep and and being in the ministry um you know everyone else came first you know so I never really focused on myself because I was always, you know, helping my dad, you know, going visiting or I was going soul winning or I was helping other people with this or that, which I mean, is an excellent thing. Like there's nothing wrong with helping others, but there's something wrong with it when you're when your subconscious is doing it. So you don't have to deal with what's going on in your own head because right. that, that it's just a crutch and you're just helping others to escape your own mind. And that's not healthy. Uh, so uh, anyway, and then in college, I, I had this very, I was in a very, um, religious college. And again, you know, most of these things I can agree with and I can believe in, you know, um, but there were some things going on there that just, just didn't make sense. Things that were being taught about the women specifically. And I keep going back to that because I'm huge about women being strong and bold. Um, my, uh, photography, business as lion media bold and beautiful and uh, something i i feel very strongly in is is treating women with respect and pushing them to be them best their best selves and um allowing them to be who they are because i wasn't allowed to be for so long um but during college you know knowing that i wasn't accepting all of these things that i was being taught being a religious school um it, it, I did have some serious depression because I felt frustrated. And then there, there came in some health issues where I had a shoulder surgery. Two weeks later, I went to college. Like I should have stayed home. I should have healed. Um, but now there's some new things going on. So I have health issues going on with my body. I can't function normally. I can no longer play volleyball, which was huge for me. I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, I'm on new medication. So then I'm sitting in classes with muscle relaxant and like half out of it can't pay attention to anything that's going on um oh man it was so frustrating and that's kind of when the serious like anxiety and depression began because i didn't know how to deal with my past i didn't know how to deal with where i was 
I felt a lot of anger and frustration at feeling restricted in my in my physical well-being and then feeling restricted in my mental well-being and then just not having the freedom to do some of the things that I really want to do because I was in a religious school. Um, so there, that's where it kind of started. And and then I started realizing, okay, there's some stuff wrong. Like, I, can't, I don't know what, but I know something's wrong. So when we moved here, this is when it, like, everything really started. Just, I start, I, I fell apart. Like, you know, when you're like on the very edge and then, and then you just fall over it and you lose your mind, like, you can't think straight. You're in constant survival mode. That's this is when it happened. We moved here, and we were because we weren't able to stay in Indiana and save up for a while. We were living with Nathan's family, so we we moved in with his grandfather. I love his grandfather. It was he's a good man, but it's very hard to be in a new place with a new husband. We hadn't even been married a year yet, not even not even six months yet. And we were in a new place living with someone else. And then the, pan- the pandemic hit and we could no longer live with our grandfather because we didn't know how serious it was or if we were putting him at risk. So then we moved in with his brother during the pandemic, not knowing if we we're going to keep our jobs or not, having this past trauma that I didn't know how to work through finally got myself a therapist. And that's when I started, you know, working with her and understanding what was going on with me and to have some answers to know, okay, I'm diagnosed with these three things. And now, now that I know what's going on with me, I feel like I can, I can begin working through it. And that's what we've been doing. And that's where this art comes in. Um, It's been, it's been my saving grace because I, I don't know how I would process these things without without art, a canvas to put it on, a way to to communicate how I feel, because sometimes words just aren't enough. You know, there's not words that that can explain how you feel. All you can really do is create an image and people see it and it makes sense. Like you can connect through that image because some people have different language, they have different backgrounds, they have different understanding, whatever it is. But an image, like either you're going to get me right away or it's going to connect to you in a personal way somehow in your past. And it's it's going to be helpful for you too. And um, so between, between going to therapy, she um, advised that I started journaling which has not been easy because it's not just journaling. It's been, she's uh, talked about discovering your inner child, which Krista, you and I talked about um, learning how to play. Remember, like I struggled with play. I struggle really hard with play to a fault. Like it's bad. Um, but she's, she's teaching me, you know, how to let that inner child out and being able to communicate with that inner child and allowing that inner child to come out and and express what it needs from you as a safe adult. Because back then I didn't I didn't have a safe adult. I mean I had my parents and I I loved them dearly. Like I don't think they did anything wrong. I think they had every good intention for me possible. But like I mentioned before, they weren't always around. They didn't always know what I was being taught or what was being put in my head. So 
Yeah, but we I don't talk it. about we don't talk about religion mm-hmm. and what can come of that. Mm-hmm. And organized religion often creates trauma. I mean, there's just the there's so many parents trusting that their kids are being raised, you know, by the church in mm-hmm. a manner that's that's positive and they and it can be any church. All the organizations have have some of their some of their issues when I was growing up one of my youth pastors almost the same situation one of my youth pastors was having sex with underage girls and it took three years for them to figure it out like it Mm -hmm. took three years of multiple victims before anyone said anything because women in the church don't speak up we do what you just do what you're supposed to do and so it's it's a silence. It's a place where victims are silent. It's a place where intimidation happens in the guise of love. And not to say churches are bad, just like you said, obviously. I mean, the intentions are usually good. Most people are good, but when you get one wolf, they have access to a lot of a lot of victims and mm-hmm. it becomes ugly very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I found Emily through her art. Um, I actually saw a Facebook post where she had just started posting up a couple of her images. And she was like, I do this art. I just wanted to see if anybody, you know, how everybody feels about it, if anybody might be interested. She hadn't even really like put herself out there yet. And there was a particular piece and it told my story. And I've got the book coming out. And I was just like, that has to be in the book because there's a poem that her art piece literally just speaks the message in a way that no words could. And she understood. Well, I don't know if it was intentional, but her piece understood the message of the pain that I was trying to put out in words, but the words weren't sufficient. Sometimes you need a picture. So I reached out to her and she was just so supportive. And she was like, yes, of course, all in. And that's where we come to now. And now she's going to tell you a little bit about her amazing art and what she's doing with it. Okay. So with the artwork, and as I mentioned before, it was kind of just the, the beginning of this art was just me being able to express how I was feeling and a way to cope with it. Um, and uh, it's kind of become something a lot deeper than that, where I feel like it, it's kind of crazy. I started going to therapy and I started working through these things. And it's insane that whenever I try to discuss with friends or some family the way that I'm feeling or, or things that I'm learning in therapy, the response I get, not from everyone, but from some people, they're very standoff standoffish they're very awkward about it they don't know how to talk to me about it which like I'm not even looking for a response like I'm just sharing you asking me how my week was therapy is a huge part of my week you know we talked about this little bit here and it it really stuck with me and it helped me a lot and then I just kind of get this like oh (laughs) like it shouldn't be that awkward it shouldn't have to be like that at all so the whole goal behind my art is to spread awareness for mental health because I feel like so many people, they, they treat it like it's this like 
it's like a plague. Like they, they don't even want to get close to it. They don't want to talk about it, which ironically is most likely because they have their own stuff to deal with and they don't want to do the work or acknowledge that it's there. But that's another talk and another time. Um, so I really want to push that, you know, it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to talk about how you're feeling, um, especially for, for men. You know, there's it's just crazy that, I mean, it took my husband years to be able to like fully open up to me about what's going on in his head because, you know, there's a stigma around men being men and like you, you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to feel this or that. And it's just such crap. It's such crap because all you're doing is allowing that trauma to eat away at them. And then, you know, you wonder why, why they raise kids and the kids come out with trauma because mom and dad never freaking dealt with their own trauma, you know, um, and it's just a cycle for, for anyway. So if, if everyone just learned how to talk about mental health and we're, we're willing to discuss the hard things and allow it to be normal, we would probably all be a lot better off for it. Um, so I've started, my art company is called Roses and Tattoos. And I have my, my poster, babe, It's what I call her. She's my... Uh, kind of like the face of my entire art thing. Um, but she is, she is just, she means a lot to me. You know, this was one of the creations that was just like, wow, like I can really connect with this. Um, all of her tattoos have a special meaning to them. Um, and the, the, the point of the roses and tattoos name is creating beauty out of, things that are painful. So you, you have a beautiful rose, but it doesn't come without the painful thorns on it. A tattoo, you have this beautiful piece of art on your body, but you had to deal with the needle and the blood and the pain to get that beautiful piece of art. And uh, the whole goal for this is that I don't want to allow my trauma and the th hard things that I went through and my mental health to hold me back. I don't want it I don't want to allow it to take over my life anymore because it took, you know, four years of my college experience. Like it took so much from me all because I didn't know how to process it and I didn't know how to deal with it. And now that I'm learning that and I'm learning that I do have control over this. And in times when I don't, I have ways that I can cope until I can get through to look back and see what was going on. <laughs> um, for example, uh, I used to just start cleaning, like mad woman intense cleaning. And I'd, I just, I would go crazy. Don't talk to me. Don't get in my way. I blast music and I clean. And um, my, I told my, therap my therapist about it. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I just sometimes I do this and I just kind of find it weird. Because when I'm done, I'm kind of like, well, what was that? You know, it's kind of weird. But what I was doing was I was using that as a distraction because I, I, I would have something that would trigger me and I'd have anxiety and I'd be having an anxiety attack. And I didn't know that that's what was happening to me. So I would clean to try to distract myself from about, you know, from what was going on. Um, and now when I start cleaning like a mad woman and I don't, you know, I blare music and just start going at it. I take a moment to sit down and I'm like, okay, hold up. What's going on? Why am I doing this? So something with mental health, it's very important for you to realize your triggers and things that you're doing that aren't healthy or that are a little bit out of the usual 
usually if you sit down with yourself and you have a quiet moment to kind of think through why you might be doing what you're doing or responding the way you're responding, you're going to be able to work through things. And it's not easy. It's not things that you want particularly to work through at the time because it brings you anxiety or you feel really upset about it. But once you do the work, it's really freeing. So anyway, I created this from it forever. Yeah, like at some point you've got to come out there and you gotta fight it. Like or it's gonna take over your entire life and you're gonna, you know, be sixty-five years old looking back in your life, like, what happened? Well, you spent all of it in in anxiety and depression haze and you didn't live it because you allowed this trauma to completely overtake you, you know? And I mean there's 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 a there's time and, and space for everything. Like Krista, we were talking about, you know, the the stages of grief. And sometimes you're going to be angry or you're going to be sad. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be depressed. Like all these things are healthy to go through, but it's not healthy to stay there. And it's not healthy if you're not taking steps to work through it or to talk to a therapist, whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, the whole point of the roses and tattoos is I want to take this dark path, these things that I've really struggled with. And instead of keeping them to myself and struggling with them, I want to work through them. And then I, I want to share with other people how I did that or encourage them and say, dude, like, I know exactly what you're going through. I understand that the dark place of depression or the anxiety where you have so many words just flying around your head. That you can't even focus on, this, on a simple task in front of you or you're irritable, whatever it is. I get it. Here's an image to show how you feel. Like, I understand. Let's connect over this and then let's talk about it. So um, I have a few pieces um, if, if you're wanting to see some of them, Krista. Absolutely. Yes, share. Please share. Okay. Cool. So this one behind me, it's not done yet. I still have a bit to go on it. But um, this is a, a pretty good example of, of something that um, I, I would want to share. So with this, I have... Um, this one is anxiety. You know, you just like pulling your hair out and the, the eyes not being there, just like not being able to focus, just focusing inward. Um, and then you have addiction there in the middle um, and the struggle because you're numbing yourself and you're trying to do everything you can to distract yourself from what's going on. In the meantime, you do realize that you're destroying your body. Um, you know, whether that's drugs, alcohol, medication, when I was in college, dude, I would, I would, I, I had um, pain medication and I had muscle relaxants for my shoulder and I would purposely take them together so I could knock out. And that just wasn't a good way to deal with things at all. Um, so that, that's kind of a big thing for me. Uh, and then this lady right here, she is self-love, loving your body learning that your body is okay. Um, part of the way I grew up and, and the culture I grew up in, modesty was a really big thing. And I think, you know, on a certain level, yeah, like you should be mindful of what you're doing. On the other hand, it was so preached so, so heavily that I began to think that my body was um, a problem, that I was a temptation for men and that it was my fault. Um, when in reality, this is how I was created. Like I can be beautiful and I can know that I can that I'm beautiful. I can be confident in myself 
and who I am physically. And that's a big hurdle that I had to overcome. In fact, uh, that was a, a few months ago, my friend, my friend uh, Heather, she's a photographer. She did a boudoir session with me. And powerful. so those can be so powerful. I cried like to be able to know, like, this is okay. And I am accepted for who I am and how I am. And this is me. Like, this is a good thing. That's very powerful. So if, if you haven't done that before, man, like you definitely should try, try one of those photo shoots. Cause it's, it's, it's very freeing, very empowering. Um, do it with a female photographer, ladies. Yes. There are a lot of amazing male photographers out there. But if this is a healing session, if this is something you're doing because you're stressed, you're struggling, do it with another woman and let yourself be free. Because no matter what, if you do it with a male photographer, you will have that restraint. You will have that sense of judgment. So please do a, do a session and find an amazing, beautiful woman who understands that it's something new for you and who understands that it's a way to release those burdens there are so many photographers I've seen with beautiful websites that talk about that they know the journey they've been there with you mm -hmm. and find the right person you will have a beautiful experience yes good advice definitely hey um, I think I might know a photographer <laughs> I do that. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm also advertising the bell for you all today. So this one I have is depression. Um, having to take pills to, to help my brain. Uh, I, it frustrates me. Like I just, I would love nothing more than just to feel normal and be normal. Um, and then, you know, having people tell you, Oh, well just be happy. Like, why are you sad all the time? Like, just, it's a choice. I'm like, um, it's not a choice. Okay. There are chemicals in your brain. Maybe do a little research yourself and use yours before you like be rude and tell people that it's a choice. Okay. Sometimes it's just not a choice. The only thing that's a choice is if you choose to work through the trauma or not work through the trauma, you can't decide how you feel during it. Oh, that gets me heated. But Having to take medication and then, you know, being being dropped in and kind of in that depression. Um, this is complacency. Uh, or maybe like feeling numb where you just don't have like, you just can't deal. Uh, this one might be a very tender subject for some people, but um, this would be uh, sexual assault. Um I have had many friends in the in the background that I grew up in, like you were talking about knowing some youth pastors or pastors or, or staff members or people at church, whatever it is, abusing young ladies. Um, I mean, and some young men too, but most of my friends that I have are, were young women that were abused. And that's something that is very near and dear to my heart um, to, to hear those people out and, and to represent that also in my artwork because it's a difficult topic and for people to know that someone understands or that someone cares and that they see them is a big deal. Um, and then the hand up there is just, you know, reaching out for help. So that's just, that's, you know, one piece that kind of has all of those different mixed feelings and they all flow together. And 
there's, you know, this despair and the black, you know, black place of the, the canvas. But ironically, being, you know, trying to create beauty out of painful things, I have these bright, beautiful, fun colors. And it's kind of like a play on it because, you know, you can't allow these things to take hold of you forever. Um, I have this piece that's kind of, it's like when you're having those anxiety attacks and you just can't handle it. You're just pulling at your head, you know. Um, this one here was done in a pretty dark place for me. Um, fear of the unknown, fear of yourself. Um, I have this one. This one is a pretty big deal for me as well. This one is um, wearing emotional armor. So when you decide to armor yourself and protect yourself, you're actually really harming yourself because if you can't speak to a trusted person or a therapist about what's going on with you and you decide to, to, to armor up because you're armoring up because you want to defend yourself, right? Um, you're scared of what's, what's going to say to you or, or because of past things that have happened to you, you don't want to open up and you put on this armor. Um, and in the end, it's, it's weighing you down. It's healthy for you. You need to go to a therapist or have a, find a trusted friend that's wise and, and knows what they're talking about and discuss what's happening um, and take all that armor off so you can be free and you can actually do the things you want in life. Um, it keeps everything out, but it also keeps everything in. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, this one was done. Uh, I was thinking about that session that I did um, and finding my my power and who I am and then you know just in general getting my confidence and deciding who I am because for a long time I didn't know who I was and now like I get to make that choice so this is just kind of like that taking taking pride in who I am and that it's okay it's okay to take pride in, in who you are I was always taught that that wasn't okay like you should always be humble and don't talk about yourself highly. And like, obviously you don't have to be like a jerk and be like, Oh yeah, I'm so much better than you. But like take some pride in yourself, you know, see your accomplishments and, and share them. Like it's okay to tell family and friends great things that are happening in your life. Um, this one, this one is a tender subject as well. Um, I survived. This one, uh, this is the biggest reason that I want to share share uh, concern about mental health and and raise awareness for it is because you know we have lost a lot of people and when we can't talk about mental health they can't talk about it either um, and it's I feel like it's it's vital it's literally life saving to be able to make discussing mental health normal. Um, I've had lots of friends. I've had people that have just struggled that have attempted suicide or that have committed suicide. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to talk about. It's not an easy thing to admit to. Um, but I mean, imagine if we all actually discussed mental health and we were able to tell each other, man, I'm really struggling. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I don't know how to handle this. But so many people, they can't share that. 
because no one around them is listening and no one around them knows how to handle that. And I think it's important that we, we school ourselves and we learn how to, to handle it for ourselves or for people around us. Um, so yeah, that one, that one's a big deal. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have, I don't know how many of these things, but I think I'll close with this one, I think, but this one is um, finding my, my inner peace. Finally coming to that point where I can like let some of this stuff go. Um, a lot of my images, if you look through my social media or my website, whatever it is, you'll see that there's a lot of dark things. There's a lot of um, intense drawings and things that, you know, you can tell is uncomfortable. Um, but this is one of the first drawings that I've done that I truly felt that inner peace and I wanted to share it. And I feel like I'm finally beginning to find that healing. And that's something that I've not felt in a very long time. So this one is very special to me because it, it is probably like one of the first pieces in years that I've done that's actually beautiful and happy and not like struggling. But a lot of my art is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. I want you to feel uncomfortable because I want you to see that in others' brains, how uncomfortable they are in their own head. So if you're uncomfortable, imagine how I'm feeling or how that person has PTSD is feeling. You wouldn't want that going on in your head, then maybe you should learn how to talk about it and we can all have a conversation. You know, like that's a, that's a big thing for me. So now you're going to see my website. You're going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes. But that's the whole point is for us to get out of our comfort zone, learn about mental health, and learn how to help each other through hard things. Make it so that when someone tells you that they're seeing a therapist, you don't cringe. You don't like, well, what's wrong with you? Or <laughs> you seem okay to me. <laughs> the things that come out of people's mouths are so like when when someone reveals to you an intimate detail like i'm seeing a therapist they want you to say oh that's awesome do you like her or yes or what are you learning or is it helping yes something encouraging not wow what's wrong with you or i thought you were okay you seem to be okay to me yep those it's are not proper yeah. answers <laughs> no no not at all yeah that's not that's not helpful to anyone um, yeah, I definitely think that there needs to be a bit of, um, conversation about this because <laughs> there are so many people that just don't know how to handle the conversation and yeah. it sucks when it's like your family and friends because they're the closest people to you and you want nothing more than to share either the pain that you're going through so you don't have to bear it alone or to share your progress because you're excited about what you're doing. Right celebrating the small stuff it matters so much and mm -hmm. if you're the only one who's like wait I actually had an entire day I had an entire good day and you say that to someone and they look at you like what do you mean you had a good day like so what it's like okay you don't understand listen to what I'm saying but listen to what's underneath what I'm saying if I come to you and say oh my god I had an entire good day 
hear that for what it is. If yeah. you're paying attention, it's obvious that that means something. So yeah. noticing more about a person when they speak than just the surface stuff. Listen with your whole body. Yes. And you will connect with people in a way that's actually helpful, in a way that matters. And you will both get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So you, when you hear something like that and you connect to someone and you support them in a positive, healthy way and say, I'm so proud of you, damn. Yes. Or whatever, just celebrate. No matter what they're saying, whether it means anything to you or not, mm -hmm. celebrate with them when they're bringing something to you in a way that says, I'm celebrating it. It doesn't have to matter to you. It doesn't have to have value to you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to think it's a good enough reason to be celebrating. Yes. Just celebrate that person and it'll change the world. Literally small things. You can change the world for people by listening and noticing and giving a response that works with what they're saying. Yes. Yep. And I think even being able to, if you don't know how to respond, if someone is like, I, I actually had my first good day today. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand. Instead of being like, okay. And like brushing it off, you know, maybe ask some questions, ask some generalized kind questions. Okay. You said you had a really good day. Like, what does that mean for you? I, I don't fully understand what you, what you're talking about. Cause I don't have the same struggles. Can you tell me more about that? Then you're, you're showing interest and you're learning from them. They can open up to you and tell you. And I think that's something, too, that not only listen, but maybe be a little more proactive. Maybe ask some questions. If you don't understand, ask and talk about it or, you know, research it. There's, you know, everything's on YouTube. Maybe go find <laughs> it. Like, I don't know. Like, come on. So I think there, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely ways to be able to, to have a conversation where you can you can encourage and understand what they're you know ask questions and understand what they're talking about yeah stop being afraid stop being afraid to admit that you have sought help or that you have needed help mm -hmm. or that you have struggles of your own stop being afraid to talk to people who you know are struggling mm -hmm. because you can't just hide it behind like it you know and you leave them and you don't check up on them and you don't say anything about it. You just expect that everything's going to be okay. It's just going to disappear if we don't talk about it. That's not the way this stuff works. This right. stuff only heals when you bring it out into the light. This exactly. stuff only heals when you open the wounds and intentionally do the work to heal it. It takes time. It takes energy and effort. And every single person going through it, no matter what the trauma is, we all suffer the same. We all feel pain the same. Mm -hmm. if we don't support that work, if we don't create a network around that person that lifts them up, we're dragging them down. Yes. Yes. So mm -hmm. I love, love her message. I love her work. And I feel like big things are going to happen. I think big things are going to happen for you. So tell everybody how they can find your work, your page, and see what you're up to or hire you as a photographer if they happen to be local. Okay. Well, for the art aspect of things, my website is rosesandtattoos.com. Um, my uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's roses, the letter N, 
roses and tattoos. Um, I'm on both. Uh, and then for photography, it's mylionmedia.com uh, for anyone. Local. And uh, on the art website, I'm, I've started doing vlogs. I have, I think, like three up right now. But the, they kind of go a little bit deeper into why I created some of this art or the meaning behind some of these pieces. And um, I do release those and I do put them uh, out on my social media. So if you're a little more, you know, if you're curious about some of the, the stories behind these, I will be doing blog weekly and putting them out there for you guys um, to maybe share or learn or, uh, and of course, you know, if you do find me on through the website or on social media, um, if you're ever struggling, I'm not a therapist, like I'm not, but um, I do know uh, how hard it can be to deal with the mental health aspect and, and sometimes just feeling um, upset and not having anyone to go to. I'm always open for conversation. Um, I can help where I can. And if I don't know how to help, I have some awesome people that I can connect you to to get you some, some help um, because I don't think that anyone should have to go through these things on their own. It's not how we were created. So, yeah. Don't underestimate the power of peer support. It's huge. I feel like, I think of it like, you know, you're talking about how to be able to truly heal, you have to open up that wound and you have to like work through the trauma to be able to heal. I feel like it's like you open up that wound to start healing and you're working in there and you have to get like infection out or you have to get like shrapnel out. And it's a constant battle to try to keep yourself alive because while you're, while you're opening this wound and you're doing the work to heal the trauma, sometimes you start bleeding out and it's too much for you to, to handle. And I feel like when I have a friend or a family member that comes to me and says, hey, I know you're having a hard day, but I love you and I'm here for you. Do you want to talk about anything? Or I open up and I share, um, you know, e even if it's good news, like the other day, I went from a 19 on like do that like numbers thing when you go to the doctor about like how depressed and 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 anxiety riddled and crazy you are i went from like a 19 to a seven and it was like it was like the biggest deal for me like it was huge and like i share it with some people and they were like Yay. like super awkward and weird about it i was like there's nothing like i'm telling you a good this is a good thing right now you know but when I have those people that are like, oh, man, you went from 19 to a seven, like, that's incredible. I'm, I'm so proud of you. You're doing your work and you're going to therapy. And man, I'm I'm so happy. That's like that's like they're they're giving me a steroid shot so I can make it a little while longer while I'm doing surgery on myself. Or it's like they're they're putting a bandage to to my surgery <laughs> and helping stop that bleeding, so I don't feel like I'm hemorrhaging and I'm and I'm on my own and I'm like trying to fight this all by myself. To have those people that can be there for you, it's literally life saving. So there's that little thought there. None of us like to be alone. We all our biggest core need is usually acceptance. Mm -hmm. So this is the exact same thing. You want other people to look, to see you. You want other people to appreciate. You want other people to understand you and you want to stand on common ground with people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you feel alone and mm -hmm. yeah, 
that's the worst thing for human beings. It's terrible for everyone to be alone. But yeah. imagine feeling like you're drowning mm-hmm. and no one's there to save you. Imagine feeling like it's you're in the darkness and you can't see anything and no one is anywhere. You hear nothing. They, right. All you need is a little light. All you need is some direction. All you need is a little bit of, you can do it, just take a few more steps. So your support, your kindness, and your listening, actually listening, can be the difference between life and death. Mm -hmm. And we've had conversations with, we've had these conversations about suicide. So I know this is not something that we haven't told you guys a million times over in a million different ways, but just don't forget that you are valuable and you do matter in the lives of the people around you. Yep. So this is a very, very important conversation. And I'm so, so thankful to have had you here tonight. And you guys will probably see Emily out with me at some point at some of the events that I do live around here because she is really, really, her heart is in this cause. So we're going to probably do some, some work together in the future. And go on her website, follow her art, follow her journey. I've already just in the short time that I've known her, seen some changes in her work. So as time progresses, you're going to see all kinds of new things coming out from her. She also writes. Mm -hmm. So she's just expressive in every possible way. And she's relatively new to this area. So, you know, she could use all, all kinds of support hers, supporters and love support hers. Oh my God, I have a new word. I love it. <laughs> she needs some support hers. Yes. We'll go with that. Yes. So again, we're just getting ready to sign off because we're running out of time here tonight. But thank you so much for listening to our show and track Emily down because you will love her. So thank you so much, everyone. And battle to be Christophe signing off. <laughs>